Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Final Down NFL podcast with myself, Jim, Punk Raider, and Denver Dave. We're here to talk about the NFL. Well, the first question, Dave, how are you feeling, sir? Uh, better than yesterday and hopefully worse than tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's, That's the stock line I'm using at the moment. Um, every day's a struggle, but feeling better. Fair enough, fair enough. And yourself, Punk, how are you feeling? Better than Dave. <laughs> I'm probably in I between mean, the two of you. That is a low bar. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Let's do some news then, boys, because, you know, stuff happens in the NFL. And uh, it's a good job we've got punk here. Can I just say, just just for the moment, right? So this morning, I've been really struggling. Anyone who knows me knows what's happening at the moment. I'm really, really struggling to sleep at the moment. And I was awake up until about half three last night, fell asleep. And then about half five, six o'clock, my phone exploded. It literally went beep, 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 beep. Like it was non-stop it was on silent so it was vibrating it vibrated about 15 times on a row so the biggest victim in all of this is me because i was getting some really lovely sleep for the first time in quite a long time and then this bastard woke me up why won't anyone so, think of dave in this whole situation I know. this this is the equivalent of pulling the fire alarm in the team hotel before the game isn't it it so. literally <laughs> is i don't know why people think i'm neurotic I don't, i've got no idea why people think that well, boys, following a Wall Street Journal article that leaked the emails John Gruden sent regarding the then NFL Players Association Executive Director, DeMorris Smith, a new batch of emails have been released just yesterday that Gruden cannot wriggle out of. Turns out that while Gruden was a colour commentator for ESPN, he was spending his free time emailing his brother's boss, the CEO of Hooters, and several other business owners, racist, sexist, homophobic, and misogynist messages. Sounding more like a chud looking for approval from other chuds, Gruden weighed in on everything from more female referees to drafting of Michael Sam, who was the first openly gay active football player at the time, the BLM protests during the anthem for players like Eric Reed, half-naked pictures of women, including inappropriate pictures of Washington cheerleaders. But perhaps the nail in this coffin, though, was his insistence of taking the mick out of Roger Goodell, which is probably why we haven't officially been affiliated with the NFL yet, guys. But uh, Punk, the man that we all want to hear from, what's your thoughts on this one? I think first things first, um... You know, John Gruden used misogynistic, racist, and homophobic language in all of those emails. Um, it's completely and utterly unacceptable. I think we have to get that on record first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been on Twitter a lot today, and there's still a, a certain amount of, but it was 10 years ago. Hello, wake up, people. 10, Ten years. years ago is 2011. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not like it was 1957. You know, yeah. If this um, was an episode of Alf Garnet, you can kind of forgive it. But this, do you know, do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't care if it's ten minutes ago, ten years ago. It's, I'm sorry, it's just, just not acceptable. And ten um, years ago, let's not forget that he, he wasn't some punk kid in college who was immature. He was still in the game. He was an ESPN commentator. He was still part of he, the fraternity. He was older than I am now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm the old man of the group, so mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's there, there is absolutely no excuse for it. However, and I'm going to underline the however. Now that the NFL or whoever leaked the emails has got rid of Gruden, I'm pretty certain that the rest of the public, general NFL fans, and the media will want to know more about those 650,000 emails 
um, that have been investigated because there's no way on this planet John Gruden is comfortable enough sending language like that on a work email to his brother's boss mm-hmm. and no one else is doing it. I love the fact. Um, that I love the idea that it's just an unsolicited email. One day it lands in someone's inbox and like they're like, "Whoa, yeah, where did this come from?" One minute exactly. I'm emailing, going, "You know, what do you think about so and so?" All of a sudden he comes back, going, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> just you randomly, know, randomly this, going in on someone. The problem with female referees. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's not just the female referees thing, though, is it? It's you know. The Washington cheerleaders. This mm-hmm. this all came about because of the investigation into Washington. Yeah. You know, I think Dave, you had a great great uh, uh, line this morning when we were first discussing this when it all happened, and I think you you, you said something along the lines of, you know, <laughs> NFL is one of the few places where Washington can be investigated and the Raiders head coach gets fired. I think I also said. It's like they're being an investigation into West Ham United and all of a sudden Leeds sack Marcelo Bielsa. Exactly. It's, exactly. it's weird, but it's the you NFL. Know? So, you know, it's but, not too much of a surprise. The, the, my take on it is that Gruden's an idiot. A lot of people have a lot of beliefs. People keep them to themselves. What you know, We all say shit that we wouldn't want to be broadcast when we're drunk or when we're in a friend's group and stuff like that. What do we always say? Don't write down your crimes. You know? And he's... <laughs> Whatever you believe, whatever you're into, that's fine. You just, just keep it to yourself, you know. You do, but ultimately, he has to pay. There is no defense. And how is he supposed to stand there in front of 53 guys and ask them to give everything for him when some of those guys are going to be black? Some of those guys are going to be gay. Cole Nassib is the only openly gay mm-hmm. NFL player, and he was using language in there, which I Cole haven't Nassib, heard in 10 I years. really feel sorry for today. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I think out of out of everyone in that Raiders locker room, I think he he's he to me. I mean, you know, obviously all the black players as well, but Carl Nassib being the only one of his kind at the moment, I think you know someone needs to put an arm around him, give him a bit of a hug. To be honest, because sure he's going to be yeah. feeling very much on an island and like he's been betrayed. Now, you know, all of this did happen. As we say, it's just unfortunate the Raiders have got caught up with it because he became our head coach four years after, um, four years ago after being with ESPN, and all this supposedly happened during the ESPN years. But you know, there's there's no way on this planet that the rest of the I mean, he he's been used as a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I mean, he's problem. rightfully out of a job. Yeah. He is absolutely rightfully out of a job. But he he's not he he's not the only person in this league that thinks and talks in that way. You think of every episode of Hard Knocks you've ever seen, or All or Nothing, or you know, yeah, okay, it's not broadcast, but you can tell what would be said behind closed doors with some of those people. You know, um, it's it's kind of scary actually that in 2011 he he still thought that it he'd be comfortable communicating like that on a work email. That's the big thing. You know thing. what I mean? I mean regardless of, of, yeah, exactly. I mean, re- regardless of who we are, I mean, any of you, you know, you two guys here, any listeners, you know, go into work and, and use some of the language on an email. I guarantee you'll be out the door faster than, than a hiccup, you know? But uh, what do you say? 
Yeah, it might. I mean, I'm one for stupid, inappropriate jokes, but even I, you know, even I've got limits. Come on, it is is (laughs) completely ridiculous. Exactly. I guess the other thing is that you know it might have been done ten years ago, but there's nothing to indicate that his attitudes have changed towards any of these things. Exactly. And all that's happened is he got a hundred million for a ten-year contract. Mm. I'm pretty sure that um, maybe he's more entrenched in some of his views. Now, I think you know. the interesting point that you mentioned a minute ago is is what the Raiders players are feeling like, because um, it takes me back. Do you remember the whole big run thing when he? Uh, I can't remember exactly what he said live on what he said live on TV, but I remember with the whole aftermath out of it uh, at the end of it. Um, big run was one of the it was uh, one of the trailblazers of bringing in black players um, in sort of the late eighties. We're referring to Ron uh, Atkinson early by the way, right now. We've we've been from the yeah, NFL yeah. again, and we're talking about a yeah. Manchester United manager from the eighties. <laughs> I think it was pre-Man United, but yeah. So he bought in uh, a lot of black man- uh, black players and gave them their first opportunities. And one of the black players afterwards said, uh, "You know, that's not the run that I know. That's not the big run that I know." And I want to talk to Ron and find out where this has come from. What you know, what made him say it? Why? Why is this him? And there's going to be Raiders players in there who are going, "This isn't. This isn't the Group Nine. Well, there are. There are already. And, I mean, Tim Brown's well, come out and said it. Uh, Charles Woodson came out on Saturday and said it. Yeah, these um, players all came out before he got fired. That was the thing. And this is a manager who didn't get fired. Hang on, hang on. It's important to say here he didn't get fired. He resigned. <laughs> so he, he fell on his sword. Now, the reason he did that is obviously, you know, he didn't have a lot of choice. But it's important to kind of make the distinction between the Raiders being caught up in this and it happening at ESPN. So yeah, yeah. there is there is absolutely no, you know, evidence or suggestion that this is going anywhere else within the Raiders organization. No, 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 hundred percent. But what I'm talking about, there's going to be Raiders players there who are saying, you know, this isn't the guy that I know. Yeah, there's absolutely. Other, there's other Raiders players who have come out in the previous players who have played for and against him who have come out after uh, since then and said, this is absolutely what he's like. No one listened to me then. And this is, I can't remember which player it was who was saying that. But Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson, that's it. He's been on every program that he can possibly <laughs> get and yeah, saying that had- this is what Gruden's like. And... Uh, I, I, I do I do have a little bit of an issue with what Keyshawn was saying because, you know, some of what he was saying about Gruden snatching the Super Bowl trophy out of the GM's hand and stuff, it's just not true and the video's there for you to see it. And Keyshawn very famously back in 2003, 2004, had a spat with Gruden anyway around being dropped from the team. So, you know, I'm, I'm taking... And if Keyshawn has known this for 20-odd years, he should have said something before, quite honestly. You know what I mean? It's. I think it's, one of his not points something... was that he's been saying it for a long time, but no one's listened. But that's by the by. It doesn't change what's in no. the emails and things like that. It's just, I think it's just a shame. This isn't a Raiders thing. This is a Gruden thing. Mm. No, no, don't. Yeah, absolutely. Don't Lucas mentioned the Raiders. They made the right. Well, they accepted the resignation for a start. So that's a good move. And, that's all um, you can do. And yeah, you know, from from the from the Raiders' point of view, now you know it puts us in a sticky situation, but. You never know. This could be something that galvanizes the team and, and pushes us forward. I mean, let's be honest, Gruden's play calling the last couple of games on the offensive side of the ball has been pretty diabolical anyway. And yeah, we've made a bit of progress in four years, but not as much as you'd like to see. So not with the, the amount of that, number one picks you've had. Yeah, exactly. So so I think from from my personal point of view, I was starting to think 
you know, it might be time to get rid anyway, regardless of whether he's got another six years on his contract or not. So actually for the Raiders, it might be quite good um, that we've been able to get rid of him now, as it were. The record on this um, second tenure was 22 wins and 31 losses. And the team have announced that assistant um, coach Rich Basakia uh, will serve as interim head coach effective immediately. Yeah. Any news on Basakia? Because he, looks like he spent most of his career under Gruden. So not sure much of a change in the locker room. That'll be apparent. But um, I guess we've got to wait and see yeah. who Mark Davis can attract. I think I think it's more, more of a case of continuity, isn't it? So... Not necessarily, you know, that because he's been working in a locker room with Gruden, he holds the same views and has done the same things, but he will know the system, et cetera, et cetera. But his play calling may be different. Um, I think he was special teams coach as well as assistant head coach. So, yep. you know, he he is kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting when you've got someone like Gus Bradley there as well, who um, obviously as, as head coach before, um, but yeah, give him a chance. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it kind of explains to me how we lost so badly at the weekend. Is it going to be it's, Skip Bayless, uh, Colin Cowherd? Oh, who's, who's on TV now that you guys are going to go and get? Is it, it, it might as well be me, to be Shannon honest. Sharp. Look, look, look. There's, there's a head coach out there with plenty of, of experience. Adam Gase. Kellen Moore. <laughs> I quite like Kellen Moore. I, I like Kellen Moore. I like Kellen Moore. Like Moore. Yeah. <laughs> even did the eyes yeah I know, the eyes. Video, well, isn't it? that was awesome <laughs> no i i think i think you just hold off and just wait until the end of the season then yeah, go yeah, and get absolutely and well, you know, mind this, might be available. this now becomes yeah this now becomes a free hit so you know if we end up seven and ten so be it if if we yeah. end up 12 and five so be it you know what i mean it did i think i think now the players and the coaches just need to get on the same page and and just move the franchise forward. In a weird um, way, this could this could really galvanise the Raiders, a, or you it could end up thirteen could. and fourteen, uh, yeah, three yeah. and fourteen. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We could go either way. I mean, this this could be one of those amazing, you know, America's Game documentaries <laughs> at the end of next season where you go, yeah, and then they something. fired the. And then the coach left and everything went brilliantly. <laughs> but, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? Let's see. Let's yeah, wait and see. Wood if you with me on that but, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The main contriving thing is this is a Gruden issue, not a, Ra- a Raiders issue. And he's a bloody idiot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. But this, this does feel like the beginning of something bigger rather than the end of something. I hope so. The thing um, is, this is, this is what's most annoying and i don't want to go too much into it because conspiracy theories unite i don't really like conspiracy theories because most of the time it's just loads of people shouting at clouds and it just bores me mm-hmm. but it, it it's annoying the fact that the first line you read on a lot of articles is how he said derogatory things about roger goodell and this is the only thing that's been released that's not a coincidence in my opinion no, again exactly. conspiracy theories unite who cares but the, the Washington okay. football you're, team, you're, or whatever they call this, we've been ten million dollars. You're, uh, you're not going to sit there and tell me. Loads and loads of emails come out. Uh, there's no emails come out. The only one that's come out is the one that's massively derogatory towards the NFL commissioner. There, there's got to be more stuff that comes out. There has to be. Surely this there's, can't be it. There's, there's no way on this planet 
right, this this is very much the owners sacrificing somebody within the NFL. They've got enough on to be able to get out of the job to distract mm-hmm. the media because there is no way on this planet, Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, etc. I'm just using those two as an example, um, <laughs> haven't got similar views. Do you know what I mean? Very carefully, punk, right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I I am treading carefully. I am treading carefully. I'm not accusing them of anything. They are not accused of anything. I'm just using them as examples. You know, Robert Kraft and his little massage parlor visits a couple of years ago. Jerry Jones and his too much salt on his mental. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the guy's a legend for that, by the way. This feels like the owners throwing something out there to just kind of distract from something. Because up until this point, it's been what? July, June, July, August, September, five months now? and we've heard nothing out of this Washington investigation and the first thing that happens is the Raiders head coach gets fired yeah all right come on really the dumbest (laughs) out of all of them so it was just so easy to find it maybe but then he was training he wasn't just a private email it's the fact though that the uh, the um, Washington football team got got fined $10 million for their culture. And this was an investigation into Washington's workplace mm. culture. They were fined $10 million. What's the reasoning for that $10 million? Not declared. The only thing that has been declared, the only thing out of all of this that has been declared is this email from John Gruden, nothing else. Now that $10 million that's been fined to the Washington football team, it's not been appealed. It's been paid in full already. Nothing's come out. You know, there's there's stuff in there that is obviously none too happy. There's there's some stuff that's come out. There was definitely but this is, no. This is all stuff that's been leaked into the public domain of, of workers who have said this is what happened. People yeah, been getting slapped on the bum and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. But nothing's come out specifically from the NFL other than this leaked email. It just feels a bit weird. I'm not standing See, I, I in the clouds, but it just feels weird. Yeah, it does feel weird. And I kind of want Gruden to go with a scorched earth policy now. I don't want him to sit quietly. I want him to out everything and just throw it all on the table and say, this is it. Pull back the curtain and job done. You know, it's been years. The NFL it pays lip service to, to, you know, diversity and clearing up and you know making itself better for, for the players and then, you know, the cheerleaders and so on and so forth. But is it actually doing anything or is it just lip service? I like the idea that that, uh, Gruden becomes Joseph Falacci, where he just properly goes against the firm and and gives evidence in court. Why not? uh, (laughs) Properly goes for it. Absolutely. 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 He's like Donnie Brasco or something. He's not like Serpico. (laughs) He's he's an idiot with a a visor on. I'm angry about the whole thing. I'm angry about Gruden being a dickhead. I'm angry about you know, what's obviously something behind it because, you know, these emails don't get leaked by accident. Um, yeah. And I just think it's about time everyone swallowed the pill and, and actually, you know, let's, let's strip the matrix away and actually see the truth. You can't yeah. handle the truth, punk. Well, <laughs> I can. Throw in some more Maybe some others can't. <laughs> let's move on then from the news. We've, we've said our piece now about Gruden, uh, yeah, right to have resigned on that one. Let's so go one, uh, for one a quick rundown. Question before we, one quick question before we move on to that. And this is a, just a very very much a yes or no answer. Is there any way back from in the NFL? Can he ever become a head no. coach in the NFL ever again? No. He's done no? in the yeah. NFL. Nope. There's no way he can no way he can come anywhere near anything to do with the NFL. He can't commentate on the NFL. He can't he can't do anything. 
Is there anything that he can do to work in the NFL again, do you think? Yeah, scorch earth policy and out Goodell for something. I expect <laughs> that's down. 10 times worse than what he's been done. But that's the well, only way he's going to be no able to get back in the NFL. But no, that's but, it. I mean, you know, the answer, is, the answer is no, but, you know, there Maybe you he'll pop up at like a college game or start doing some college. He won't. He's, he's too old, isn't he? But Let's be honest as well. He doesn't no need the money. Pick him up. No, exactly. So, done. Right, let's do a rundown then of the, the games from last weekend in the week five. Uh, we're going to start on Thursday. So a dislocated Russell Wilson finger on his throwing hand signaled the end of Seattle's hopes for a win on Thursday night. The Seahawks went into the half with the lead on the first of two DK Metcalf touchdowns on the night. The Rams responded in the third with a rushing touchdown for Darrell Henderson and a catch by Tyler Higby. With Wilson down, in steps former second round pick for the Jets, Geno Smith. Good to see then that he was able to lead the Hawks down the field and hit DK to bring the Rams' advantage back to just two points. A Sony Michelle first touchdown for the Rams moved the Rams back out of reach, and the final score in Seattle was the Rams 26, Seahawks 17. Yeah, I thought Juno did well. The only issue mm. with this, the, the, this is the difference between a top-class quarterback and a second-rate quarterback. When the moment needs you at the very end of the game, um, a second-rate quarterback throws an inception while a top-class quarterback goes and wins the game with a game-winning drive. And that's the difference between... Russell Wilson and Juno Smith. That is not a criticism on Juno Smith. You're talking to a guy who's been watching second weight quarterbacks for quite some time now. So it's a shame for the Seahawks. It robbed us of an entertaining finish to a game, but ultimately it was uh, uh, the best team one of the night. Rams, slightly disappointing though. I enjoyed the fact that the crowd started the Geno chant. <laughs> I, I loved <laughs> that. Gino. I thought that was brilliant. It is good for Gino. You know, your backup QB comes in, give him a boost. You know what I mean? You know he's going to need a bit of help. So, you know, get behind him. Get behind the team. It's great. I love it. Took a lot of pelters when he was in the Jets. Yeah, absolutely he did. I mean, and like Dave says, you know, he's not an elite top tier quarterback, but, you know, he's what they've got. So they need to to now kind of rally around him and and get him going and get him ready for the next game. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we know how long Russell's out for? couple of weeks at least yeah. they've got a bye week i think after the next week yeah i think i think the, it's it's kind of one of those three to four weeks possibly yeah. but if it's still looking bad it might be six so after it just see. depends how quickly he heals doesn't it so yeah. you know sorry i interrupted you while while you were saying i was right when i, uh, I was just gonna say that. you were right about the rams the rams did look a little bit off um, yeah I've got a couple of Rams players in my fantasy, so I have a vested interest in them. But um, <laughs> going into halftime, they only scored three points. I mean, they scored 23 second half points. But going into halftime, it was 7-3. Just, it was, I was just a bit disappointed at that point. Um, again, my uh, ability to my inability to sleep obviously helps when, uh, when it comes to watching NFL games. But mm. um, the Rams, it almost felt like the Seahawks lost this game more than the Rams won it, if that makes sense. I'd agree. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of fair. So the first of two London games back-to-back saw the Falcons and Jets return to us in the UK. Jets coming off their first win of the season, but unfortunately the game was effectively over by halftime. Carl Pitt's first NFL touchdown and one for the other tight end, Hayden Hurst, helped the Falcons to a comfortable 20-3 halftime score. The second half saw rushing touchdowns only, with two for the Jets, Ty Johnson and Michael Carter getting home. Mike Davis got the deciding points for Atlanta, though, with the final score, the Jets 20, Falcons 27. On paper, this looked like a close game. It Mm. was not. No. It was not a close game. It's a <laughs> shame. Yeah, the Jets were. Okay. You, I think you two both picked the Jets, and I understood we did. why. Um, but 
I mean, it was just form more than anything. You know, mm. the Jets had won the week before. The Falcons hadn't looked particularly good and had their top two receivers out. So, to me, that smell of the Jets' defense winning the game for them. But it just didn't happen that way. And, you know, Kyle Pitt stepped up and had his proper breakout game as a as a rookie. Yeah, the uh, one I think what well, the the big positive for the Jets is their pass rush is looking better and better. Oh yeah. Um, um Bryce Hall, who's a cornerback that they picked up, uh, was it last year or year before? Um, he is super super good. I mean, opposition quarterbacks are avoiding him. That's how good he is. Um, but he's almost playing as a safety. As soon as he's able to read the plane, as soon as um the opposition quarterback's going to the other corner, he's almost coming off his man. Um, and acting as a high safety, um, I think he's got the potential to be one of one of the better cornerbacks uh, in the league. I think it, it won't be long um, until he makes his way to a big team once his uh, rookie contract's up because he is special. I really, really like him. Bryce Hall, remember the name? I think he's, he's getting on a bit, isn't he, Bryce Hall? No, it's like his second year. Maybe I'm just he's drafted up like Jones Hall. Before. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're a bit different. I mean, they're spelled yeah. and differently. Yeah, Bryce Hall's pretty good. Uh, on to the next one then. So Packers versus Bengals. Okay, let's start with the good stats. Devontae Adams had 11 catches for 206 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Chase had six catches for 159 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones had over 100 yards rushing. And Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon and AJ Dillon all got touchdowns. Now that's out of the way, let's talk kicking, all right? So... Packers veteran kicker Mason Crosby had already made two field goals with the game tied at 22 with a couple of minutes left, but he shanked a 36-yarder to the left. The Bengals get about 40 yards before Evan McPherson hits the upright with 57 yards. This gives Crosby a chance for another game winner, but he goes wide left again from 51 yards as the clock runs out. Joe Burrow throws a terrible interception on the first play of overtime, but Mason Crosby goes left again, this time from 40 yards. Then comes McPherson's time to see his attempt go just wide, didn't stop him from celebrating like he had gone in. Um, I urge you to watch that clip a few times because that's brilliant. Crosby was able was to say to be fair, I thought he'd scored. I thought I thought he'd put it through when I first no, saw I thought it. He'd missed. This it's is the one where he missed the ribbon. He hit the yeah. ribbon. one where he hits the ribbon at the yeah. top of the yeah. 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 He starts as jumping as around and laughing at him. So yeah, I, um, I watched Crosby... and I thought that's gone wide, and I thought, why is he celebrating? I thought, Have I not? Have I missed that? And then I went, no, no, yeah. he has missed. No, that's okay. <laughs> Crosby was able at the fourth time of asking to kick the winner when really no team deserved a W from this. The final score after overtime was the Packers 25, Bengals 22. No team deserved this win. No, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. I really haven't. It was, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, I mean, the good, the good thing it? about it happening is the fact it was a six o'clock game, six o'clock in the UK. Um, and all of the 9pm games had... Uh, all of the other 6pm 6, 6 games had finished. Um, the 9pm games had started, but there wasn't really anything kicking off. So we got to see the vast majority of overtime, which was great. Um, on Red Zone, at least, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and it was just, I, I agree, neither team deserved to win it. It was it was madness. I've never seen anything like it. You two have been watching the NFL a lot longer than I have. Have you ever seen anything like this? Because, well, it was it was five missed field goals, wasn't it, in the space of yeah. about seven, seven or eight minutes of, of yeah. game time. Um, I can't recall ever seeing anything quite as weird and wonderful as that at the end of a game, especially with a kicker that's already, you know, in Crosby, who's already Me banged too. a couple through earlier in the game and so on and so forth. But Crosby think- does this occasionally, doesn't he? Yeah. He has yeah. these weird games where he'll just miss four for no reason. Um, I think he does it once every couple of years or so. 
I can't remember who he did season. it against. I think it was the Lions. Was it against the Lions a couple well, of years ago? And he had he, very he did it similar in college game. as well because he played for Colorado Buffaloes. Um, and he did it like three times in one game when he was playing for the Buffs. Um, and I mean, that's that's altitude as well. So there's no excuse for that. And he, he uh, you're right. I mean, the, the only the only saving excuse is he plays in Green Bay and there's no place you want to be a kicker less than playing in Green Bay. Um, so, that, you know, maybe maybe Buffalo, you don't want to. It is the only other place that's comparable. But, but it was, I mean, it was it was a weird weird day for kickers on the whole though wasn't it i think it was like 11 missed field goals 11 yeah but 10 of them are in this game it was ridiculous (laughs) i've got no love for kickers man it was just madness it was i don't know what happened to all the kickers on sunday but they were just missing stuff left right and center yeah shadobi awuzio had a great game though um he popped up two or three times there's one point where i can't I can't remember who the wide receiver was. I think it was uh, either Alan Lazard or Tonyan, one of the one of Brady's uh, Brady's one of um, <laughs> Rogers Rogers' favourites. And um, yeah, Ouzio nearly decapitated him with the tackle. It was it was a proper spare tackle. So mm. yeah, but everyone's going. It's nice when you get a game where everyone's going to remember it, um, probably for the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, but it was mad. I've got no love for kickers. Just just kick the ball over. Yeah, On to the next one, and oh, the Detroit Lions. They really do find cruel ways to lose games, and this week was no exception, as they were bested in every way by the Vikings in Minnesota, yet got into a winning score with just 37 seconds remaining after John Joe Swift got their first and only touchdown of the day, and Kadero Hodge caught the two-point conversion. Unfortunately, 37 seconds was too much time to give as the Vikings and Cousins got two big passes to Adam Thielen, and Greg Joseph put through a 54-yard field goal as the time expired. Alex Matson had the sole Vikings touchdown before that, and the final score was the Lions 17, Vikings 19. I just feel really sorry for the Lions. <laughs> Two absolute heartbreakers lost. Um, the one to the Ravens a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago, and then this one. Um, game as well. Yeah, it's it. What do you say? What do you say? It's just, you know, it's just one of them, isn't it? But I admire the I balls guess, to go for know, it on that second, that that second, uh, sorry, two point conversion because they could have just kicked the the, field, the extra point and tied it. Um, but they yeah, went for the win. They got the two point conversion, and then they just had thirty seven seconds to hold off, but they just couldn't. So, um, yeah. So it's it's a combination of you know actually they are quite a bad football team because they couldn't hold out for thirty seven seconds, um, but also you just got to feel a bit sorry for them. I mean, they're the only team in the NFC with a losing record with a 100% losing record right now they are not the worst team in the NFC uh, I think they've been very unlucky yeah um, and if you compare them to some of the teams in the AFC for example they are significantly better than a lot of teams I think they're just unfortunate that they've lost games at key moments and again it's what we were saying earlier on it's that difference between a good quarterback and a great quarterback I think Goff's good I think he's fine Think he's okay. Put him on a decent team. He'll do a job. Get to a Super Bowl and flunk it, as we've seen. Um, but he's not a great quarterback. That that's the issue. Um, and it's you know the, the the Lions are just finding new and wonderful ways to lose. Um, but I don't think they're that bad. They've got the Bengals this weekend. So uh, who wants it at least? <laughs> well, gonna, I hate saying I hate saying I told you so, but I did actually predict the the Detroit Lions to go zero and five. Um, before the season started, and lo and behold, that has happened. So they uh, have, but they haven't flunked. It's not. A, it's not a flunk in 0 and five. It's not a terrible 0 and five. Where it would be. It's not. 
it's not the same. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that you're wrong. You're obviously right with it. And you yeah. you predicted zero and five, and they started zero and five. But the benefit to them is that it's not the same zero and five that the Jags yes. have had. The Jags have had a proper zero and five, whereas the Lions haven't. There, there's still a lot of positives in there from it. Um, so yeah, there's there are positives to go. There's a, potentially a couple of wins in the next three or four as well. Two other quick things. Did you see the Dan Campbell post-game interview where he was basically crying on the podium? That's a bad nope. look. You know, suck it up and move on. You don't you reckon? I don't. I don't like that I look. Quite, I, I quite like liked. I quite liked the fact that he was showing the emotion of of his team, and was showing that you know he he huh? You don't wallow in it. You move. You straight straight away say, "I was so proud of the guys." Yeah, it's heart wrenching, but we're already looking forward to next week's game. We're gonna start practicing now. You know. Just let it go. You're supposed to treat like success and failure as the same thing, aren't you? You know, don't get too you high, have, don't get 20, too low. We, no, you. you as a head yeah, coach, you're supposed to be even, to even minded. That's that's very easy to say. I mean, you know, every, every every sport I've ever played, every sport I've ever known, you always give your team 24 hours to either celebrate the win or or commiserate the loss before you move on to the next one. That's yes, you are right point. in a way that the coach, you are right in the way that the coaches should be moving on already. But when you've got a coaching staff of 27, you can allow yourself a bit of time. That's the, you can allow Pep the players Pep time. Pep said it. Head coaches. Pep Guardiola said it. We give ourselves 24 hours. You know, in that, in that silly all or now thing that they did. Um, he said, "We give ourselves 24 hours to enjoy a enjoy a win or mourn a loss, and then we move on. But as soon as that 24 hours is over to the hour, they move on to the next game. Um, I love seeing a grown man cry on a pedestal. I, <laughs> yeah, I but... also like seeing them get angry. So you know, it's uh, it's it's it is what it is. I like I like when coaches I mean, show emotion. I'm not, I'm not being funny though. At, yeah. the, at the beginning of the season." That you know, Dan Campbell was the one who he was saying we're going to bite kneecaps and all that. Like, if you just said to me, "Who's going to stand up there, almost crying?" <laughs> I wouldn't have. Yeah. I've not seen this, so I'm going on this sort of, you know, uh, by your by your say so. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't have put money on him being the crier. Yeah, I would oh, have okay. put money on elsewhere. Um, I would. I wouldn't have said he's going to be the one crying. I'd have said he'd one going up there doing a rant. Uh, my money wouldn't have been on him, the one bursting into tears. Other quick thing before our next game, um, we do obviously tweet out stuff on uh, on NFL Sundays. Uh, one of our tweets, boys, did quite well actually after the final um, the final kick from uh, Joseph. Um, you saw Cousins on the sideline. He kind of punched uh, Zimmer in the chest, like pumped up, like yeah, yeah, brilliant. Uh, Zimmer completely reacted the wrong way, like he was being assaulted and. <laughs> I had to be pulled apart. So um, we got quite a lot of love for our response to that tweet. I was, I was just kind of channeling Dave um, about how crap Zimmer is as a head coach. And uh, we got loads of likes and retweets and stuff. So, um, yeah, check us out on Twitter at Final Down NFL on Sundays at DenverDave30 at Punk underscore Raider. Um, and, yeah, we're also doing um, Instagram reels as well. So, guys, if you can find us on Instagram, then uh, we're on there as well on Sunday nights. I'm going to retweet that now because I haven't seen it yet. Now, I don't know if, as Dave is back, whether he wants to talk about the game in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm happy to. Oh, good. Okay. You're talking to a guy who's used to losing, man. This is water <laughs> off a duck's back. I can a monkey's toss. You're the latest one to win the Super Bowl out of the three of us. I mean, that's not saying much. <laughs> hmm. 
Another quick start for the Steelers, who scored again on their opening drive, a 50-yard bomb to Deontay Johnson. The Najee Harris dive in the second quarter saw the Steelers into halftime with an 11-point lead. An 18-yard score by Chase Capel on the Steelers' first drive of the second half looked to be too big a hole for Denver to climb out of. But TD passes to Kendall Hinton and Cortland Sutton brought the Broncos back into this. And in the end, it came down to an interception by James Pierre as the Broncos were threatening to tie the game that closed this one out. The final score was the Broncos 19, Steelers 27. I mean, props to the Steelers because the Steelers won the game. But you were playing against the Broncos team who have continued to do what they've done in tough games in previous years, where we just sleep, sleepwalk through the first three quarters. We've gone into the fourth quarter with only six points. And it's not because we don't have the talent to do it. It's just a weird play calling. Javante Williams was averaging 7.6 yards a rush. We rushed him eight times in the entire game. Pat Shermer, just, it's almost like he's got this allergy to running the ball. And it's just—it's constant where we're just constantly sleepwalking into final into the final games, and it's—it's it's difficult on Bridgewater, who's obviously been out for the for the entire week on the concussion protocol. And I don't think the Steelers are that good, but you did enough to win the game. And it's kind of a backhanded compliment in the fact that definitely, you know, I I, I remember I text Punk during the game and said the Steelers are a bit. Sh- but we're getting mauled by you. And I think, I can't remember those my exact words, but it was pretty much that. I can't believe we're losing to this Steelers team. But it was almost like, you know when you watch a boxing match and you, during the bout, you see you see a guy who's obviously losing and he's just jabbing. And it's like the seventh round. And you're like, why are you here? What are you doing? Why are you still jabbing? Gets to the 10th and all of a sudden he goes, bloody hell, I better go for the knockout. And that's what this game was. And the Steelers were just going, shut up, you idiot. And we still had a chance to win it at the end, but you, you guys were just sitting there going, shut up, oh, yeah. we're going to manage situations. And they ended up walking away with a win and doing exactly what they needed to to win the game. You have to give the Steelers respect for that. I don't think you're that good. I think you've got uh, deficiencies which have been well publicized. And I'm just no point. I'm, I'm, I don't, if I sat here going through them now, I'd just be sticking the knife in for no reason. I think. <laughs> You know, if, if we've already said on numerous occasions what they are. It was just a really disappointing game because we literally just slept, walked into a loss. And it was I, really disappointing. I said last week that this was a must-win game for the Steelers to save their season if they were going to do anything. Um, yeah. Well done. You managed to do that. Thanks. I think I, I, it, it kind of, to me, feels a little bit like the Seahawks um, and the Rams in that, I'm not so much sure how much Pittsburgh won it as opposed to Denver lost it. I agree. Um, well, at least I you played Bridgewater. But... I can't imagine if you played. Yeah, locked, I mean, the first excuse out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and you know, I mean, one of the one of the positives I can take out of this is that it means the Broncos Raiders game this week is going to end six six because neither <laughs> seem to be able to score at the minute. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, this, it's... this could be a barnstormer. It's, I think the difference between the Rams game and this game is I think the Rams underperformed and won the game. I think the Steelers are exactly what we saw I think, in the game. I, I think I, the problem that's is not, all, that's all not, three of our teams, all three of our teams at the end of the day are good teams, but they're not elite yeah. teams. We've all got phases yeah, no, that we're good fine. at. And so I think what you do is it's kind of like what we were saying about the quarterbacks earlier. You lose that consistency of, you know, always playing well for 60 minutes or, 
you know, all three phases being good and so on and so forth. And so you do get weird games where you can't do anything at all or, you know, where if, where you just... If there were... If, we, if those three were to sit here one day and do... You know where you do that thing of you pick 1 to 11 of who's going to be in the starting lineup. There's certain positions where we go in, I can't be you know, dissuade from picking this player. And Jim would go, what are you crazy? We've got to pick this player, blah, blah, blah. When it comes to quarterback, I'm like, whatever. Take Roethlisberger, <laughs> take Carr, take, take I'm, I'm not all that fast. That's the difference between the three teams. None of us yeah. have that X factor. And that's the big thing. None of us have that guy who's going to go and lead us to, to be a great team. Um, and that was evident with the Steelers. You, you, you guys on defense are more than good enough on offense. Not, not as much, but this is straining to what I said. I wasn't going to do and that stick the knife into the Steelers. Big compliment. You did what you did and you won the game. You came up with a W congratulations. Well done. Let's move on then boys. So the battle of Florida went exactly how you thought it would go with no two of the dolphins. looked even more anemic on offense. The one bright spark being running back miles Gaskin, getting two touchdowns on the game. Antonio Brown got two first half touchdowns and Gio Bernard got his first for Tampa to ease the Bucks away. In the second half, it was one for Fournette and two for Mike Evans that made this extra painful for Miami. The final score was the Dolphins 17, Buccaneers 45. And we don't have to talk about this game if you don't want to, guys. We've got other games to talk about. Maybe more interesting. The most yeah, interesting thing in this game was the fact that Miles Gaskin got 31 fantasy points and was sat on my bench. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the first, the one, the one week I've dropped him, and he goes and does that. It's dreadful. Mm. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> giving up 33 <laughs> points at home when your defense is supposed to be challenging for a top five place in the standings this year is very frustrating. Even worse, when none of the five touchdowns you gave up came from less than 12 yards away. But that was the situation for the Washington football team as the Saints played boom or bust with their game plan. Alvin Kamara and Marcos Callaway both got two touchdowns on the day. Deontay Harris with the other for New Orleans. Antonio Gibson got two back on the ground for Washington, but this was the Jekyll game for the Saints. The final score, Saints 33, Washington 22. I mean, Sean, Sean Payton's uh, play calling was sensational in this game. Um, go deep when they weren't playing too high safety. When they were playing too, too high safety, hand it off to Alvin Kamara. And I love, yeah, I've, I've said this many times, I'm a massive fan of just Hail Mary just before halftime. Why not? <laughs> Have an inception we all do it on Madden. We know we all do it on Madden. So just do it in real life. Go for a Hail Mary and every now and again, it's going to work. And I can't remember who caught it. I think it was Callaway who caught it, but yeah, you know, it was go for a Hail Mary before half time and, and go in um, a score up. It's, it was the Saints being exactly what the Saints are. You, you're right. They're a Jekyll and Hyde team. This week, they'll be useless. Um, but the following week, they'll be brilliant. It's just It's just the nature of who they are. You can follow these two teams alongside our three teams in that category of they're all right on their day, but they really aren't all there. Mm, I, mm, I'd agree with the Saints. Washington, I, I think, fall into a category of their own of they are the most disappointing team so far in the NFL this season for me because I, I was hoping and expecting for a lot more. And yeah. they've been pants, to be honest. Their so far, is, so far. Uh, so far, their, their defense is the biggest letdown in all of the NFL at the moment because they are rubbish. To the shock of the week and the Carolina Panthers, up by nine points at half time, thanks to a Tommy Trimble touchdown. Two field goals and a safety. Not that this game was in the bag, but two rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, combined with three interceptions of Sam Darnold, two by Darius Slay, and the block punt just saw the Panthers fail to see out this game. No point happening on about this one. The final score, Panthers 18, 
Eagles 21. And of course, you want a harp. Nah, Jalen Hurts another nothing wonderful thing to say about this game. <laughs> Jalen Hurts another wonderful, wonderful performance. No touchdowns and one interception. Lots of two rushing, rushing touchdowns. Very important. Uh, Derek yeah, Henry runs. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Derek Henry ran three touchdowns in to grab all the headlines. Sure, Urban Meyer was thankful for that. And the Titans got the AFC South win over the Jags. James Robinson actually outgained Henry on the ground, ran in the score, as did QB Trevor Lawrence. A fumble recovery touchdown for Titans linebacker Kevin Bayard kicked things off for the Titans. They were receiving touchdowns for Michael Pruitt for Tennessee and Jacob Hollister for Jacksonville. The final score, though, was the Titans 37, Jaguars 19. Derek Henry's average against the Jags is something like 200 yards. So the fact he only got 130 is a bit of a disappointment. He loves um, running in Jacksonville. Oh, my God, does he love running in Jacksonville. It is ridiculous. One, uh, someone I know is a, uh, a Jags fan, and he always says, you know, when when Henry's against the Jag, when Henry's against the Jags, you count on triple figures constantly because that's he lives in the end zone against the Jags. Three touchdowns, 130 yards. Yes, yeah, to be expected. Trying to challenge the Lions for despairing losses this season, the Houston Texans. They started so well: two touchdowns in the first half, one to Anthony Orclair, and the second to Chris Moore. But when Kaimi Fairburn missed both extra points, you got the feeling that the Texans weren't ex- entirely confident in their own chances. To be fair, the Patriots weren't faring much better as their first touchdown by Damian Harris also saw their extra point kit, uh, missed. A pick of Mac Jones and then the touchdown by Chris Conley at the start of the third saw the Texans in the lead by 13. But three field goals and the Hunter Henry touchdown catch saw the comeback complete for New England. In no way a reason for celebration, mind. Final score was the Patriots 25, Texans 22. I'm sure Texans and Patriots fans loved it. <laughs> Davis it was so Mills close for Davis game. Mills three touchdowns it was it was so so close in this game um, this one screwed one of my accumulators I had two accumulators and this screwed one of them because I had um, Patriots minus six or whatever it was um, I, I thought this was after the week before where the Texans scored zip zero lost 40, 40 something Not taking the spread use the money line no, you get better odds with the spread. Normally, I work. Normally, it works out all right. Um, but yeah, no, on this one, it was, uh, it, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a squidgy bum, I'm afraid. But no, Patriots didn't look particularly great. Um, I think Davies Mills comes out with uh, more positives than Mac Jones does on this one. Mm-hmm. So to Las Vegas, where the Bears' 32nd ranked offense managed just 252 yards. But Chicago's defense allowed three points from Vegas's first seven drives. Khalil Mack led the Bears' dominance of his former team with eight tackles and a sack of Derek Carr, his good friend, on a two-point conversion attempt in the fourth quarter. Justin Fields got his first passing touchdown as a starter in the NFL with a pass to Jesper Horstead. On the next drive, Fields took a massive hit from Yannick Ngokwe and he looks unlikely to return. But two plays later, he was back and the drive ended with a touchdown by Damian Williams. A late drive by Josh Jacobs gave the Raiders some second-half points, but in the end, it was the Bears' 20 Raiders 9. Punk. That, that wasn't great. This is us returning to type. This is really us returning to type. Now, obviously, we don't know how much the Gruden stuff played into this. But to be honest, you know, we look dysfunctional at the minute. Um, we've got to stop giving teams first half leads. Um, that's, that's, you know, virtually every game this season, we've, we're 14 points down before the end of the first quarter or by the end of the first half and you know we're digging ourselves out of holes um the o-line injuries have really shown up in the last two games and it kind of to go off what joey bosa was saying uh last week it 
card does look a little bit twitchy and nervous. Um, I'd actually written in my notes for this game that Gruden's play calling has got to be questioned now. Um, as we we still don't have that offensive identity. I know last week I was saying, you know, we should be a pass-first team, but we seem to be incessant on just trying to make Jacobs run, even though the offensive line is porous as hell. Um, I suppose the only real positive is that Broncos and Chiefs both lost. So actually we stay second in the division and, you know, not too much damage done. Um, Defence wasn't too bad. Um, they had a bit of trouble with the run, um, but did give our offense enough opportunities to actually go and win the game if they'd been able to sort themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brian Edwards, I've praised him all season long so far, but two massive drops in this game, one that was a certain TD, um, and then a very late long game that would have almost certainly given us points to, to push forward as well. I forget um, which one it was, but one of them was absolutely turgid. One of both the of them were. Both, both of the drops were absolutely dreadful, man. I only they remember were, one of them, but it was. I literally awful. could have caught them with my eyes closed. Um, yeah. It, you know, it would. Uh, yeah, no excuse, and you know, it's just one of those games. How much, like we said, you know, it's kind of now. Well, that was that part of the season. Now the season starts properly because we just don't know what the Raiders are going to be under an interim head coach. I got really excited at one point because Carl went out of the game injured and the legend of Nate Peterman came in. Oh, and I was yes, like, oh my God, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And he I'm so twice. surprised Jim, he came Jim actually, Jim actually showed a little bit of concern for Mr. Carr as well. He uh, he texted me at the time of the hit going, he can't come back in. He must be dead. What's going on? Tweeted <laughs> that one, man. Tweeted that. What? Was I it was, a tweet? I was, was down the point. <laughs> I was expecting uh, Mariota to come in. I didn't realize Mariota was um, uh, on Mario. IR. Mariota's been on IR all, 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 I could all think, this first half of the season so far. <laughs> all I could think was that Carl was injured and the Broncos are going to be playing a Nathan Peterman-led Raiders next next week. No, I got no, really no. excited. I know. I, you, I got really you're excited. You're a little bit it. unlucky in that Mariota should be coming off IR either yeah. this weekend coming or the weekend after. So. Yeah. <laughs> let's um, move away from this car crash of a game shall we yeah the only thing i was going to say is um there is a stat two games of the season the raiders were average uh Derek cole was averaging like 4.4 seconds per throw or something like that and it was the second highest in the nfl uh, after baker mayfield uh, but in the game since then he's down at like 1.8 or something these might not be the exact numbers um but he's down at like 1.8 i I didn't know you had injuries on your offensive line but that explains it because the amount amount of time he has in the pocket now is drastically reduced which if you're saying he's twitchy explains explains why 60 percent of our offensive line is injured we're we're kind of plugging and playing and moving pieces around, trying to get something that works. Mm. Um, and the last couple of games, we just haven't found it. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. Onwards and upwards. And hey, hey guess who we Hope got not. next? Hope you get murdered next week. <laughs> no chance. It's in your place, so we're bound to win. Thank God, you're right as well. <laughs> If you hate watching good defensive performances, then may I recommend watching the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. Over a thousand yards of total offense, touchdowns for about half the active players, no interceptions and just three total sacks. The Browns again this season had the better first half, but were outscored on in the second 
by a Chargers team that seemed to be on a mission to score as many points as possible at every opportunity. Kareem Hunt and Mike Williams got two touchdowns for their respective teams. Austin Eckler got three fourth quarter touchdowns to see the back and forth end. Browns 42, Chargers 47. In the fourth quarter, there was 41 points scored. Yeah, it this was insane. Is mental. It's absolutely nuts. It was like it was like all of a sudden at the end of the third quarter, they just went, ah, forget it. Just chuck it. Yeah. It <laughs> was kind of chucking it before that though. This was a crazy yeah. game. This was like I mean, the uh, Rams Chiefs game, wasn't it, a couple of years ago? Uh, the 49-50 or whatever it was, 51-50. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was there was a Patriots Chiefs game uh, a couple of years ago again, which was really really similar. I mean, that was the one where Kareem Hunt. It was a Thursday night game, and Kareem Hunt came out of it with forty seven fantasy points. That was the I'd first game of the season. I'd even started. Yeah, it was bloody mm. awful. Um, but no, I think the only the only thing I would say is that the Chargers running game is still non-existent. Um, I don't care what you say. Austin Eckler is not a running back. They need to get in a running back. He's a receiving back who can run outside a bit. Um, 17 carries for 66 yards. I'm still not buying it. He's great in fantasy because he's a receiving back who, you know, received little dump offs. But the Chargers need a decent running back. Joshua Kelly's not a decent running back. He was another guy who they picked up um, and have subsequently released. And they have zero run game. Um, and a half decent defense will be able to stop them. Their four and one record is as much a misnomer as the Lions zero and five record is. They're not that good. I like the Chargers. I'm I liking them more and more. Well, I'd say <laughs> do I, but I'm just I'm liking what I'm seeing from the team as a whole. Um, again, you know, no, I think we said this in the preseason, didn't we? Cards. That it's yeah, but it's it's one it's one of those teams whereby if they get a couple of injuries, they're just going to fall apart. But oh, whilst whilst they've got the team together and they're playing well, they're actually quite interesting to watch. So, yeah, yeah. definitely a form team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I can't get excited about the Chargers. They're, it just <laughs> feels like Kevin Keegan's Newcastle team. As soon as there's a little bit of as soon as they come up against anyone off decent, they're just going to get murdered. You know, it's just, yeah, I've got no, no love for them. I'm afraid. Then they're fakes. Okay. A loss away to a division rival is one. Most fans would like to forget as soon as possible. Bad news then for the giants. This game saw their two biggest defensive assets, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones leave the game in the first half and not return. Barkley has a bad looking ankle whose severity has been played down by the giants medical staff. And Jones took a lick just before halftime on a naked bootleg and was out with a concussion. Earthworm gym professional lookalike Mike Glennon came in and kept things ticking. There were two touchdowns for a favourite of Dave, Devontae Booker. And rookie wide receiver Kadarius Tony had over 180 receiving yards before he was ejected for fighting. But the Cowboys eased to this win with touchdowns for CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper and Zeke, plus a pick six from Anthony Brown and another pick from Trayvon Diggs. The Cowboys keep on winning and the final score, the Giants 20, Cowboys 44. Hate Devonte Booker. This was quite an interesting game up until the fact that Barkley. I mean, he basically looked like he broke his ankle. It it sounds today as if he's probably just sprained it, but up until that point, and and Jones getting smashed out of the game. You know, you know, it's a bad concussion when one of the opposition players is coming over to see if you're all right as you're staggering around the field. So you know, yeah, it's uh, unlucky for the Giants. You know, they did. They're not a terrible football team. They're just having some really dreadful luck. They lose a lot of games. I told you. I find it hard to understand how the Giants 
are as bad as they are because they keep, they seem to shoot themselves in the foot. They haven't got any massive holes. They've got leaders in the team as well. It's just that everything that can go wrong is going wrong. And they're, yeah. they're one and four. And they're not that far away from the Cowboys in terms of raw natural talent. It's just that... I don't know. They're just—it's just a bit weird. They're just—I don't know. It's just—it's it's a very weird one. We—the Broncos played them, and they—they are a decent team. I think they've got good pieces, but for some reason, it's just not coming together. A strong start for the Cardinals at home to their division rival 49ers. An interception on the first drive by Buda Baker and a touchdown run by James Connor saw the Cardinals ready to pile on some scoring. Shame for everyone watching that didn't happen. What we got instead was a game with the Cardinals punting it and the Niners team turning it over on downs. A Debo Samuel touchdown in the second half brought the Niners back to a one-score game, and it took a typically awesome DeAndre Hopkins touchdown catch to complete the task for Arizona, a game that will not live long in the memory. Final score was the Niners 10, Cardinals 17. This was turgid. This was a letdown of the week. I thought this was going to be a great game. It was rubbish. Mm. Hopkins proves, though, that, you know, although he might not have been doing it week in, week out this season, class is permanent. And if you give him the chance, he will punish you. I mean, he's no Dawson Knox, but yeah, he's all right. <laughs> a nice segue there, Dave, into the Sunday night game. So we all picked the Bills to win, and it played out as we all expected. Josh Allen was effective with his passing, hitting Emmanuel Sanders twice and Dawson Knox once, as well as running one in himself. Mahomes on an off day is still worth the ticket price, and he got touchdown passes to Travis Kelsey and Byron Pringle in the game. But there was also a pick six for Micah Hyde to see the Bills get a bit of a statement win away. The final score in Arrowhead was the Bills 38, Chiefs 20. And you must be happy about this one. I felt sorry for anyone staying up to watch this, actually. Um, just because there was an hour's game delay at halftime for a thunderstorm moving <laughs> through the area. So um, Mike Tirico and co. had to tap dance for an entire hour. Um, half time and, and basically just went to highlights of missed kicks in the Green Bay game. But you know. <laughs> so I stayed up. I stayed up to watch this game in that I couldn't sleep. So mm-hmm. um, and I nodded off at half time. Woke up an hour later thinking, how much have I missed of the game? Just as the second half was starting, thinking, <laughs> oh, perfect. What's going on here? What's, what's, I don't. I, but I, I didn't understand for a while. I think this this was this was a game where Kansas City shot themselves in the foot on three separate occasions in key points of the game. Um, the Mika Hyde uh, pick six, which was not really an interception. It was a missed, missed, um, in, uh, missed catch from Tyreek Hill. Came straight off of his hands, went straight to Mika Hyde and was a pick six. Mm-hmm. That turned it from 24-13 to 31-13. Um, then the Greg Russo interception. Greg Russo was standing close enough to Mahomes to, uh, to actually almost sack him and just literally put his hands up, caught it. And uh, that ended up that was inside the Bills' 10, so that could have effectively pulled it back. And then there was the Kansas City fumble with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, which basically iced the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this defence now for the Chiefs has got to be a concern um, because they really are terrible. I don't want to overplay stupid it. stupid thing I'm- is, you say that, but the stupid thing is that first quarter, actually, mm-hmm. the Chiefs' defence played pretty well. Well, no. players on that team. They, they managed... They managed to hold the Bills. The, they managed to hold the Bills' offense, but the defense was not playing well. There was a few. The, the, the Bills' offense just wasn't clicking at that point. You could feel something that was going to come. So the Kansas are currently um, averaging three hundred and seven, three sorry, four hundred thirty-seven yards per game against their defense. That's the worst of any team since 
2012 New Orleans Saints. And it's only the second worst since the year 2000. They're allowing 32.6 yards, uh, 32.6 points per game against them. That's worse than the 2008 Lions who went 0-16. Their defence is not only bad, it's historically bad. The only team that's worse than them statistically in the NFL this season is the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks have been utterly turgid. Their defence right now is a joke. They have no run game. They're having to rely almost on gadget plays and it's putting too much too much dependence on Patrick Mahomes. They are a good team on offense. They are a terrible team on defense. They they have massive holes. Their offensive line is not good enough to hold water. And I'm looking forward to playing them. I think we'll probably still get beat because Mahomes is just that good. But I don't think they're that good. I really don't think they're that good. They'll, they'll get beat by every good team they come up against this season. There is no chance. They've been in two Super Bowls recently and they've been outplayed in seven of the eight quarters. I don't think that this massive, huge uh, sort of dynasty that we, we were promised and told that we, we would come to expect, I, I'm not sure with this Mahomes contract that they're that good at the moment. They're, they're, as I say, their run game's a joke and their defence is terrible. They need to smarten up. Well, good news for them is that Clyde Bozillaire has just gone on to IR. So they're looking at, um, is it Mac, oh, Marlon Mack from the Colts that may be having a trade? Uh, yeah, they've still got one of the Williams brothers. They, they had about seven Williams running backs at one point. One of them's... Damien Williams is gone. It's Darrell Williams that's still there. Darrell or Dennis. Darrell. Williams, yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. they've got a few of them. Anyway. I don't know. D. Williams. Anyway. Robbie Williams. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, I know it sounds like I'm having a bit of a rant about an AFC West team, but nothing I've said, I don't feel like it's wrong. They're not good enough on defense. The defense is a joke. They've still got some good players on that defence. They've still got some good players out injured as well. Hmm. That's great, but they're still not winning the line of scrimmage. There was a couple of points. There was one point where um, Diggs caught the ball and was expecting to be hit, turned around, and and this isn't a joke. No one was near him. No one was near him. And he sort of turned and then... Yeah, could have thought it was wide open. If he'd have trodden a landmine, it would have only got him. There was no one else within 15 yards. Well, no one else within 10 yards of him. And he was almost expecting to be hit. Turned around and went, well, where's the defender? And then got hit. Or got hit. A guy came up to him and gave him a nice little cuddle. They're just not aggressive enough on defense. They're, I think they they are in for a rude awakening because ordinary teams can and will beat them. There will be games where they lose this this week. They won't lose this week coming because it's an easy fixture. But generally, I, th- I think they're, they're not as good as we think they are or thought they were at the beginning of the season, at least in a way. Thinking that Corey Jets a little bit, I mean, this is one of the best teams in the AFC they just played. So it's not, not the end of the world if you lose to the Bills. It is, but let's let's not forget that they're now two and three. They've lost three games this season and they haven't played three Titanic teams. They lost against uh, a Chargers team who were just slinging it. The Ravens, who are okay. I don't think the Ravens are all that good. They, you know, they they beat the Eagles, wasn't at all convincingly, and the Browns running close on opening day. So it's not as though they've been that good. Um, statistically, they I just think that you know they've conceded twenty nine points. Yeah, but those, game. those three they're that you've just good. mentioned are all playoff teams. Yeah, they're Ravens, all playoff teams yeah, from last season Ravens, and will be again this season. Ravens potentially are. Chargers were not a playoff team last season. And they beat they beat uh, the Chargers. I don't know, Chargers, they didn't quite Chargers were not a playoff team last season, and they beat the Chiefs. They're Bills on the brink. I I agree with that. 
the, the beast mauled them. But it's the fact that the Eagles almost did it. It was a closer game than the score and the statistics would have you believe. And the Browns beat them almost, almost beat them on day one. I just don't think the Chiefs staggered. They give up far too many points. So I mean, to think they... about, obviously. Uh, let's go on to the last game then of the week five. So the Monday night game saw the Ravens host the Colts. And near the end of the third quarter, the Colts were up by 19 points. Jonathan Taylor had just ran in his second touchdown of the game. Michael Pittman had scored a beauty just before halftime, and the Ravens were unable to drive the ball effectively. But some injuries started to creep into the Colts' secondary. Grover Stewart and Xavier Rhodes both left big holes, and suddenly the Ravens were able to pick up first downs and touchdowns followed. Marquise Brown and two for Mark Andrews got Baltimore back to a tie game. And when they won the coin toss, they were able to move down the field again, and Brown got his second of the game to have another walk-off win. The final score was the Colts 25, Ravens 31. One question. Did this break the Ravens' records? I, I haven't seen any of this game, so you'll have to forgive me for my ignorance. Did this break the Ravens' 100-yard um, game? So the week before, they ran in the last play against the Broncos to get 100 yards. It doesn't look as though they got 100 yards in this game. Didn't so feel I'm like quite it. Happy. Yeah, I'm quite happy if they didn't get 100 yards because it means that record's come to an end. So I mean, Mark Andrews got over 40 points in fantasy and uh, Lamar got over 40 say Mark points. Andrews was absolutely beast in this game hey man he's a guy who i called before um before he got drafted and i remember you point going oh he's not on my list um so he's like the main <laughs> he's the he's the main person i've ever been able to call in uh, fantasy i've had a few uh, in in draft and i've had a few misses as well but no i, I didn't see anything of this game so is does the scoreline is it a fair representation of what happened well, like i said i mean the cops were on the brink of winning this game um yeah so far ahead, and they just seem to uh, impose. Oh, it went to overtime. Oh, it yeah. went to overtime. Sorry, I didn't yeah, realize. So, that. so, so it's it's one of those games where the Colts are winning quite comfortably, to be honest. Um, come going into the fourth quarter, they get a couple of injuries and a couple of players drop out the secondary, and all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson. He kind of did what he did. Do you remember the Cleveland game last year where he came back? after being injured and led them down the field two or three times and just won the game. It was exactly like that, really. Um, he just did his Superman thing and and turned up and threw for 500 yards or whatever it was and, and four touchdowns. It was, it, yeah, it was a very strange game. Mm. Again, it's, it was a bit more like they were gifted it rather than they fully earned it. You know, they got very lucky yeah. a couple of times now this season, the Ravens. Tell me about not that. that I'm not that I'm annoyed about that at all. But um uh just one other one other final stat then. So Rodrigo Blankenship's missed extra point meant the total tally for week five was 13 missed extra points. Bloody hell. Nuts and that. <laughs> Do you know my answer to this? Move it back another five yards. Yes. That's what I reckon. Yes. Don't move it closer, I'll move it further away, another five yards. It's encouraging to go for two every time. Exactly. Why not? <laughs> okay. So those were all the games. We just ran through them all. Obviously, we jumped over a couple of them that were not worthy of talking about. But uh, we can now talk about the the picks that we did for week five um, in the pod versus the people, which we're doing in um, partnership with playactionpools.com. That's playactionpools.com, where you can set your own league and you can make picks on the NFL, the college game, and also the NBA season, which is starting up very shortly. So if you want to do that, um, check them out. And if you do decide to actually start a league, you can get 10% off by using the code TFD in the promo bit. And uh, yeah, that not only helps you out because you get a good deal, but also helps us out um, because you know that they know what we sent you. 
basically. So TFD. And even, if, if, even if you don't want to do it, do it anyway because you're getting 10% off. Exactly. Get 10%, 10% off, off of that, on. you know, it's a, it's yeah. a bargain. So Punk, Punk's meth don't buy itself. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so looking at the perkshampools.com table, guys, uh, this week for the people, it was Simon, who's a Giants fan, who very kindly put in the picks. Uh, so we can go through who got them wrong. Uh, so first of all, Punk and myself got the Jets wrong. Dave, you went with your heart and picked the Broncos. Then back to Punk and myself, we picked Washington to win. That didn't happen. We all picked the Panthers. That did not happen. Simon wanted a tie with the Texans and the Patriots, but he uh, lent to the Texans. He, he, he was so close. He went far off. He nearly so got close. it. Yeah, that was cruel. Yeah. Uh, I picked uh, the Bears. You all picked the Raiders. So that was one back for me. Uh, Dave and Simon picked the Browns to win against the Chargers. Punk and myself picked the Chargers. Uh, Simon then with his heart went for the Giants. That did not work out. And I thought the Colts would win. And I, again, was so close. It should have should have gone the right way, but it didn't. Uh, it means that the three of us boys got a 12 and four for week five. And Simon got 11 yeah. and five. So the, the so I'm, I'm still top. The current table is that Dave is on 52. The people are on 51. I am on 50 and Punk is on 49. So... Very close. Game spread. Very close after five weeks of action. Before we move on to week six, Punk, let's hear about your power plays for this week. What do you got for us? Punk's power plays this week. Right. First up, big shout out to LaVisca Shenault of the Jags. Um, The Jags need a bit of love at the minute because they've lost 20 in a row. Um, (laughs) They're actually the first team to do so since the 76-77 Buccaneers. Is that the uh, yes. They've lost twenty in a row. They've lost twenty in a row, and um, the Bucks, Bucks in seventy six, seventy seven, lost their first twenty six games as a franchise. So the Jags, Jags are pushing hard to get that one. Must be but, Florida. Um, Le- <laughs> caught a ball on the sideline. It must have been late third, early fourth quarter. Had four defenders around him, um, and he just took off. Four defenders, it was like a puff of smoke. He was there and then he was not there. Um, he had turned it into a 60 yard catch and run with a perfect stiff arm at the end of it. So, um, big up for, for Chenault. Uh, nice. Jamar this, Chase. This one, one, that one was so good from Levista Chenault. I actually texted you and went, That one's got to be one of your power plays. <laughs> and you <laughs> went, Actually, I told me that I've already got it on the list, but yeah, yeah. no, you did. And you uh, did. also, also respect him, uh, another former Colorado Buffalo uh, mm-hmm. protege as well. So yeah, well done to him. Uh, Jamar Chase, I think he was in last week. He's in again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for his catch in overtime. So after the missed Crosby field goal, um, the Bengals had a third and two at their own 35. Burrow looked to have thrown the ball too far to the sideline, but wait. There's Jamar Chase with a fingertip catch, full stretch, whilst also keeping his toes inbound. It was fantastic. Reminded me of Julio Jones, um, some of the catches he used to make when he was a decent receiver. Antonio um, Brown with his toe drag swag. Yes, he, he he did all right as well. But this one is for Jamar Chase. Big up Jamar Chase, <laughs> yeah. especially after the problems he was having in the preseason where people were saying he couldn't catch a ball and because it didn't have the white stripes and all that jazz. So big up to him. Cream, wasn't it? This guy's come in just as good as Jefferson was last year. Exactly. Exactly. And, he, and he's also on, on 
similar numbers to Jefferson and Randy Moss mm-hmm. on those rookie records. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Uh, next one up is an old favourite of mine, Rondell Moore. Um, so second and 10 at midfield, uh, Kyler Murray rolling to his left, launched the ball downfield, Moore being double covered and held by two hands, manages to break free of the defender and made an amazing 35-yard catch on the sideline, keeping his toes inbound. Um, this one was was really one where it was pixels on the screen as to whether you could see the green and, or mm-hmm. the white line under his feet. Um, but again, great, great hands, great body control. Um, big up to Rondell Moore. Um, bit of defensive love. Uh it's going about Harson time, Reddick. Harson Reddick, linebacker for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, third quarters, Panthers are 15-6 up and defending. And he basically just gets back-to-back sacks. Um, when I first saw this play, I actually thought I was seeing a replay because the <laughs> second play was exactly the same as the first play. And obviously the Eagles O-line hadn't noticed this big linebacker standing on the left edge. Um, just smashing their quarterback. So big up to him. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Trayvon Diggs watch. So Trayvon Diggs um, now has six total interceptions for the season in five consecutive games. Um, it's a bit ridiculous. And I will keep doing Trayvon Diggs watch until he doesn't get an interception. No, that's exactly. the power plays. Thank so you very much, one, one question: What's what's the definition of a power play? Because two of the players is it is it just a great play, or is it the is it that it sways the the motion of the game? Because a couple of those players that you mentioned are on losing teams. Doesn't matter if it's on losing teams. Losing teams no, can have power plays. Winning teams when you, can when have you, power plays. When it's you about the individual. Plays. It's the okay. individual and and whether or not the play is of a oh my god that was awesome capability. Okay, cool. I mean, whether I, it be when, when you said power play, I was I was of the assumption this is when I was listening last week because I was just merely a viewer last week, and you mentioned power plays and I was like, okay, these are going to be plays that have swayed a game. And you mentioned Javante William drag, dragging half of Baltimore with him, and I thought, but we lost the game. So just making sure that my understanding was right in the fact that well, it's if, just a great play. Yeah, yeah, it's a great play. It, it doesn't even have to be powerful as such. You know, it doesn't have to be someone trucking or dragging defenders. It can be a great bit of body control from a receiver. It can be, you know, a, a, a great kick from Justin Tucker. Um, anyone can get into Punk's power plays as long as the play is powerful. So it doesn't have to I be like powerful, that. but anyone can get in as long as it's powerful. As long as it's powerful, Make everyone can get in. <laughs> well, art is subjective, Dave. Makes as much sense as you being a viewer last week on an audio <laughs> on a podcast. Device. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you're on my screen, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, that was week five. Let's move on to week six. Uh, we've got the picks for uh, week six games. We've got a new challenger, as usual. This week, it is long-term listener Nick the Jet, who had a great time in London last weekend. Of course, not the result you wanted. But it seems to have a great time out there. He's used to it. Yeah. So thank you very much, Nick, for putting your picks in for us. Uh, we're going to start with the Thursday game this week. That is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Buccaneers have not convinced me this season as such, but then neither have the Eagles. Buccaneers will win because they can score more points than the Eagles can. What he said. Yeah, it's a clean sweep for the Bucs, although 
yes, the Bucks have not been, despite scoring 45 points, not been convincing. Uh, but yeah, it's difficult well, still the Bucks, to pick the Bucks. The Bucks have a, good a quarterback. low scoring game. Yeah, the Bucks have a good quarterback. Oh, jeez. Oh, right. I'm not raising that bait. Let's say Sunday then. So the second London game is happening, boys. It's early kickoff. It's the Miami Dolphins at, with air quotes, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, is anyone see, going for the Jags? I, Let's just say it. Is anyone yeah. going for the Jags? I, yes. I, I, I didn't know they'd lost 20 in a row. And when <laughs> you said that, it made me wonder. Um, but I'm going it. for the Jags. I'm going for the Jags. The main reason sure. being is that Miami team. That, so one of the most important things in football is momentum. That mm. Miami team has zero momentum. They are a car that's got one wheel bigger than the other, and both wheels are square. They have no momentum whatsoever. And the Jags, we've played the Jags. They're not horrendous. They're not 20 teams on the bounce. They've got talent. Defensively, they've got a few decent pieces. Stop bloody trading them. But, you, you know, they've got a few decent pieces. And their run game's okay. I'm going for the Jags. I don't, I think the Dolphins, I mean, is Tua back, first and foremost? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe last week, but yeah, it's touch and go. See, that's that's the the thing for me. I'm not a massive Jacoby Reset fan. I don't think he's that bad. Um, I'm, I'm going Jags, sod it, why not? It's the wrong call to make, and I'll probably lose. But I, I think no, it's it's not wrong. This really is a coin flip game. It is, isn't um, it? Because the, the Dolphins, Dolphins have got good. progressively worse with Brissett yeah. under the quarterback since they played us <laughs> when when Tua first went out, and their yeah. defense just doesn't seem to be able to do anything at all. Having said that, though, it's the Jags, yeah. and you know, it's just one of those kind of weird things where actually being on neutral ground might do them some good. Um, but also, it is only Tuesday, and we don't know if Tua's playing or not. <laughs> um, they have had luck at, so, at London before. Yeah. Dolphins. Oh, the Jags have done all right in, <laughs> in spits and spurts. I mean, but it's usually quite we good say it's Dolphins. the Jags, but so far the Jags have scored more points than the Dolphins and conceded mm-hmm. fewer points. Mm-hmm. Their, their offensive and defensive record is better. And yes, the Dolphins have won a game, but they're on a, a four-loss bounce. I mean, it's not... 20 lost bounce, but you know. Um, and the Jags have, as an organization have got experience. And who knows, they might even have a new head coach by then, but they've got a new ex- they've got an experience of handling the time difference. And I watched a couple, I've watched a couple of documentaries of teams that have come over and the Giants came over and they really struggled with the time difference. Whereas so the Jags much so they won the not I'm just yet. I'm just um, reading an article, boys, uh, from yesterday saying that Dolphins quarterback to a Tungle through Monday. And remains on track to practice so we can play Sunday against Jacksonville in London. Presuming I will pick the Dolphins to improve. I will stick loyal. I said loyal. I have no loyal to the Jag, <laughs> but you know what I mean. I'll go with the Jags. The London okay. Jaguars. Okay. I'm top of the league. I shouldn't be doing this. All right. So it's not you. You've got you got room to room to move there, so it's fine. Um then we we got wasted the, a lot of time on that. Yeah, yeah. 6 p.m. games. We're going to be quicker now. The Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears, NFC North rivalry. Going Bears? <laughs> a clean sweep for the Packers then, uh, despite their struggles in Cincinnati last week. 
Talking of Cincinnati, they're at the Detroit Lions. They'll win. Ooh. Bengals. Yeah. Go on, Bengals. I've already done. I've already done my picks, by the way. So I'm looking through. They're in a slightly different. You're on play order, action yeah. pause right now. I can see it on your phone. Well done. Oh, uh, okay, so Nick's gone for the Bengals. I went for the Lions. <laughs> for the love of God, why? Well, first of all, it was a preseason pick, which I'm still using as my guide as how to get through. And secondly, I mean, the Lions have been close the last, you know, two two of the last three weeks. They've been very close to winning a game. You did just at home. hear me say that Burrow and Jamar Chase have been ripping it up and Chase is going to, yes. you know, get They're at home. the rookie record. That's another advantage-ish. And, you know, <laughs> I went for the Lions. So I'm going for the Lions. I'm not going to go on about it too long. And if it works I'm out, tell you I'm you're a genius. <laughs> So the Houston Texans are at the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC South matchup. Colts. No one's no one's going Texans, surely. Maybe they are, Dave. That's a lie. You're not going Texans. <laughs> Colts. Next. I'm not going Colts, but Nick is going for the Texans. I'm oh, sorry, I'm not going. Really? I'm not going Texans. Nick is going for the Texans. Yeah. Controversial. Nick. Lucas Mills getting three touchdowns. He was that close against the Patriots. The They're LA Rams. Sorry, it's the Colts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Texans aren't even at home. No, no, that doesn't help. So I don't, uh, yeah, okay. The what LA Rams that? are at the New York Giants. Long way to go. Rams. No Saquon I mean, Barkley. Probably no Dan Jones. They could be playing in South Korea and it wouldn't matter. Rams. <laughs> well, it's probably close. I'll pick the Rams against anyone in the NFL right now. I'll pick the Rams against the Bills. Okay. Really? Okay. All right. Well, it's a clean sweep. clean sweep for the Rams. Let's not dwell on it. The Kansas City Chiefs are at the Washington football team. Um, I really hope this is the week we see the resurgence of the Washington football team pass rush. <laughs> it won't be. And the Chiefs will win the game. Um, but the Chiefs are doing it, giving up another 50-odd points because that's what they do. I echo your sentiment exactly. It's a clean sweep for the Chiefs. And this is the only pick this week that I've switched from my preseason predictions. Um, that's how much the Washington football team have hurt me. So they should feel bad about that. The Minnesota yeah. Vikings are at the <laughs> Carolina Pampers. <laughs> Vikings at Pampers. Who is it? Panthers. Panthers. Panthers are at home. Panthers. I was, I was hoping I was going to be a lone ranger on that one. I really feel strongly that the Panthers will win that one. Um, I have watched the video, as you mentioned, of Kirk Cousins um, physically assaulting Mike Zimmer with a punch <laughs> to the chest of, yes, bruv, let's go. Yeah. And then Mike Zimmer going, come on, bruv, you want some? Yeah, come on, come on. And it's like, dude, <laughs> you so misread that. <laughs> I'm glad you read the subtitles as well. That was good. Yeah, it was amazing. All right, well, we've got an even split then, boys, because myself and Nick have gone for the Vikings. The LA Chargers, California Chargers are at the Baltimore Lucky Ravens. Um, I don't know what I went for. Hang on, let me have a look. Phil. I I know what I've gone for. Um, but this was a tricky one and will be mm-hmm. a tricky one and should mm-hmm. be a very good game, to be fair. Um, but I have gone with the home team. I've gone with the Ravens. I have as well. I had to look. I had to look because when you, a lot of the time when you go, oh, Colts against Texans, I immediately know I would have gone Colts. So I don't even need to check on that one. Yeah. But no, I did have to check. Ravens. I think it'll be a close game. It will be 47-48, something like that. But um, yeah, I think the uh, Ravens will win that game. Again, Nick and I have gone for the Chargers. So it's a, a split down the middle between the four of us. Then we've got the, oh, this should be a good one. 
although I probably just jinxed it, the Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. Now, do Cle- do Arizona go to 6-0? and Punk no, is shaking his head, which is great for no, a podcast. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am going all in on the Browns on this game. Wow. Okay. I don't think they do, but I have already picked the Cardinals, so I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> all right, so it's three on one then, Punk. You're going with the Browns. It's all good for me. Oh, so you're the, Bra- you're the odd one out of the Browns? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Here we go then. The Las Vegas Raiders are at the Denver Broncos. They are. Both starting quarterbacks set to play. Absolutely. <laughs> For what it's worth. Uh, I guess you're going with your in, your teams. So that, uh, there's no stupidity going on there, is there? You're going for the Raiders, Punk, and Dave, you're going for the Broncos? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So it's uh, it's 3 1 to Dave. All this season, you have picked no, against your Raiders. I didn't last week. Last week, I didn't you didn't. Last week. I only did it, I only did it while we were undefeated. Okay. Once, right. once that ended quite quickly. So I'm on my own. Everyone else has gone against the Broncos. No, no. Everyone's gone with the Broncos apart from Punk. He's gone for the Raiders. Oh, okay. It's only me that's gone with the Raiders. Yeah. 3-1 to the Broncos on that, that pick. The Dallas Cowboys are at the New England Patriots. You look at it and you think, oh, that should be a good game. But it mm. really isn't because the Patriots are not that good and the Cowboys are actually pretty good. So Cowboys... The Cowboys have got steadily better in every single game that they've played in so far. Um, I, I The key in this game, weirdly, is can the Patriots stop the Cowboys' rush? And I don't think they can. Um, it's a good week to have Zeke in fantasy this week. I think the Cowboys will win. And I want to add the caveat, I think they'll win by 20 points. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm uh, not even joking. I think they'll win by So you'll be taking the minus four then? <laughs> oh well, I, I'll take minus ten. Honestly, I think they'll win, and I think they'll win big because the Patriots are not good at stopping the run. Well, let me tell you why I've picked the Patriots then. Uh, okay. Obviously, the Cowboys are the form team, uh, mm. but the Cowboys have not been good under pressure. They're all, they're okay early season. They're I okay mean, the Cowboys have not been good under pressure since about two thousand and one. So exactly. you're right there. So when it comes to Foxborough, is it when pressure? It comes to the illusion, is that pressure anymore? I'm not. I'm not saying that, average... guys. Guys, I'm not saying the what Patriots are a Madden great team anymore. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is that there is still that stigma there about going to Foxborough and getting. I'm quite them. happy for, the, you for the Cowboys. The Patriots, are like playing down south, where it's nice and warm, and it's all indoors. Oh. And that's why I'm going for. It's only October. I don't care. Not every not every game goes to form where the best team wins. <laughs> all right. So I am going for the Patriots. Well, no, we've proved that. We're, we're, we there are games for every team. With the Browns. Yeah, I've but been... this won't be one. Patriots aren't good enough. All right. Well, they're just not good enough. Happens, haven't we? I've been to New York this time of year, and I still wore shorts. Now, anyone that knows me knows that's probably <laughs> yeah, not you wore all shorts that much all no, I know, but it's not that cold. Um, it's for a, when a it cowboy. Is November and December, it's bloody freezing. I, the, the, I can't. I, I don't want to dwell on it too much. I know we, we're taking probably too much time, but I just don't think the Patriots are that good a team, and I think the stigma that did exist there is now gone. I just don't think it exists anymore. Well, we'll find out. The yep. Sunday night game is the Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Because it's uh, Steelers. 
Is it? No, it's not Juno Smith, is it? Who's the backup? Who's playing? Yeah. Name's gonna Juno Smith. Is it Juno Smith? Yeah, no. Steelers going to absolutely roll them over. It's a clean sweep for the Steelers in the picks. Nick's gone for the yeah. Steelers as well. Oh, I should have said actually because um, Nick picked the Broncos earlier, but obviously. <laughs> I'm not sure how he's going to square that with Kimmy when she finds out that he's picked the Broncos. He's going to have to apologise for that one. Maybe buy her a beer yeah, I think, at the stadium again. I think he'll need to buy copious amounts of beer to get away with that one, to be honest. <laughs> She'll get her own back when uh, she gets to do the picks. Uh, the Monday night game is the Buffalo Bills at the Tennessee Titans. Game of the week. Derek Henry against the Bills. Mm. Um, I flip-flopped on this one more than any other. Um, but I'm going to go the Bills. And it sounds ridiculous to say, oh, well, you only... I think it's going to be a really tight game because I think the Titans' defence is sometimes on and off. Um, and I think this could potentially be an on game. Um, but it... Uh, and Josh Allen's record in Monday Night Football isn't fantastic. Um, so I think the Derek Henry effect could be in full swing, but I'll go the Bills by a whisker, by a the, the, the width of a Rizzler. Okay, Punk. Titans lost to the Jets, therefore they're not that good, Bills. <laughs> yeah, but Derek Henry is that good. That's the problem. <laughs> it's a clean sweep for the Bills then on the Monday night. Everyone's gone for Bills over Tennessee. Yeah. The um the two and three Atlanta Falcons, the three and two New Orleans Saints, the one and four New York Jets, and the two and three San Francisco 49ers are all on a bye. So we're finally hitting bye weeks now, boys. Um, but there we go. Those are the picks for week six. And that is powered by playactionpools.com, just in case you didn't know. Playactionpools.com. Now, obviously, if anyone wants to, you know, sponsor Punk's Power Plays, then, you know, get in touch with mm-hmm. us. Let mm-hmm. us know. Yeah, yeah we've got We're, we're, we're not sure of, of, a, of a bit of marketing, <laughs> can, you know. Uh, yeah, so there we go. Um, just one other thing, guys, before we go, um, as well as on Twitter at Final Down NFL. We also have Instagram now, The Final Down. So if you do check that out uh, on the Sundays, I've been posting up reels, getting some good uh, some good feedback on that as well, getting a lot of international love. So I'm going to probably do it again this week as long as I'm healthy enough to do so. Uh, maybe some weeks I'll get Punk to do it or I'll get uh, Dave to do it. You never know. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dave, maybe one day you've got to pull some weight. <laughs> I don't even I don't even have InstaFace or Snap. Well, it's about time you got it. If you haven't uh, got it, install Instagram and look up the final down, and you'll find us on there, uh, posting up videos through the night on the Sunday. Uh, typically, getting into the fourth quarter of the games, not to bombard you with stuff all through the the first half of games. But there we go. Uh, some other stuff there that that's pretty good, if I say so myself. I think people should be signing up to the Patreon for four pound. Oh, this should definitely it be sounds right. like it's you know it's it's. There's so many decent articles and videos, and we do put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, we give you a lot for free on this one, but there's even more. So I, know. my favourite bits are the Patreon stuff. I'm not gonna lie, because we it's just uns- ramble. It's off the cuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's off the just, cuff. It's, off the rails. We have a row. We have a row, and you, every now you, and again, the podcast yeah. breaks out. <laughs> you don't. You don't necessarily get bleeped as much on the Patreon either. No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Uncensored. Uh, yeah, it's only for $4 a, uh, a month, guys, or £4 uh, in the UK. So if you can, then press a bone. We, we really appreciate it for the uh, for the support. So yeah, patreon.com slash final down, and there you better find us on there. 
One thing that's worth mentioning with Patreon as well is if you do sign up, you still get access to the previous back catalogue of stuff that we have done. Oh, so yeah. It's not time sensitive. You don't just get access from now on in. Um, you get all, all of the previous stuff as well. That's one of the reasons I stopped doing the um, videos on Patreon because it only lasted for 24 hours. So doing it on Instagram means that although it's there for everyone, um, it is there forever. So yeah, be sure to check that out, guys. And thefinaldown.com if you just want to see the main website and, and the, um, the streams up there as well. So that's it. That was the week five review and the week six picks. So until next week, guys, I've been Jim. That's been Denver Dave. That's been Punk Raider. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah.